When, when I was young, when I was young, I did not always see the consequences of my actions. Kids and young people are like that, aren't they? They don't always connect the dots. As kids, uh, we used to play with rebar and concrete that was behind the house at Mayfair. I know, Mom, you probably don't want to hear this, but uh, there was an open field in a, in a street that they never got around to paving. I guess they were going to build houses there, and they never got around to it. And so there was all kinds of cool stuff left there by the construction guys. And here's the thing. As kids, as kids it never dawned on us that rebar could actually hurt someone. Go figure. I mean, a big thing of iron, and it's going to like cause physical damage. I mean, it just never... In fact, as kids, we never uh, called a meeting or had a meeting to discuss safety. Not once. I don't remember a single, uh, Steve, on the agenda, item number four, you'll find that our free play today, Knights of the Round Table, I'm going to suggest foam instead of rebar. Priced it out at Costco and Kmart. I mean, we didn't have foam. We didn't have Costco, okay? And, uh, and so we used what we had, which was rebar. That's, that's what we used. Um, as a teenager, as a teenager, most of my friends did not understand that speed was not their friend. Most of my friends. And I learned this the hard way once. Um, uh, one of the few times I borrowed my dad's car. And dad, I don't think I've told you this story, so it's always good to come clean. <laughs> it's always good to come clean in church where you have the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the safety of forgiveness, okay? There was a National Honor Society meeting at Dale Winger's house. Dale's dad lived out in the country. And, uh, and so uh, all of us in the National Honor Society were going out there. I can't remember what it was for. And there was a car, Julie had all the girls in her car. And they didn't know where Dale, Dale's house was. I had been there once, so I was like, just follow me. And I guess... Did I mention it was one of the few times I borrowed Dad's car? Yeah. So I didn't, I guess I wasn't paying attention to the fact that I had reached 60 miles an hour on this county road. And I remember looking in the rearview mirror and seeing Julie way back there. I mean, just way far behind me. And her lights were flashing. At that exact moment, out of my right peripheral vision, I saw that the road had made a sharp right turn. And the next thing I knew, I was going 60 miles an hour through a freshly plowed cornfield. Thank God it was spring. Thank God there was no corn. And thank God Indiana is so flat. <laughs> because the, I, I did what dad always taught me. I let up on the gas. I didn't break that hard. Eventually I stopped and there was no damage to his car. It was muddy, but there was no damage. For the rest of high school, I drive, drove like an old man. I was lucky that, I was lucky that day. Most, most people aren't. Most people aren't. You would think that as we get older, our ability to connect the dots would get better. You would think as we get older, our ability to see the consequences to our decisions would get easier. But it only gets easier in watching other people. As you get older, it gets really easy to spot in your friends, in your family members, in the people that you work with, and you're thinking, oh my Lord, you should not do that. That is disaster. I mean, it is so obvious, and it gets obvious about other people, uh, but people don't always connect the dots. 
And it's really hard when it's your life and your decisions and your choices to connect the dots. Sometimes it's really hard. And people have this tendency, they think, well, as long as my heart's in the right place, as, as long as I try hard, as long as it, you know, I, I've, I, I've got you know, the best interests at heart, it'll all turn out okay in the end. And life doesn't work that way, does it? Don't you know people right now in your life who are speeding down a county road at 60 miles an hour? And they shouldn't be because there's a wreck coming? Of course you do. I know people like that. I see it all the time, and so do you. Um, today, I want to talk about a principle. And um, I want to talk about the fact that your life is connected. It's not a series of disconnected events, unconnected events. Your life is actually one big connected thing. My life is one big connected thing. And you and I would be wise to examine the decisions and choices that we're making so that we know with certainty those choices and decisions are carrying us and taking us where we want them to. Uh, to do that, I want to uh, uh, look at a story that's found of all places in the book of Proverbs. So while you're flipping to the book of Proverbs, I want to remind you that this message, this series is borrowed from Andy Stanley and his principle of the path. And I want to expose you to this because I really believe that this principle uh, about roads and paths and roads leading where they lead has the potential to help you and help me get where we want to go in life and even better, get where God wants us to go in life. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 7, Proverbs chapter 7, uh, verses, uh, we're going to start in verse 6. Unlike the rest of Proverbs, these 21 verses are a story. See, most of Proverbs is just a series of pithy little principles. You know, the wise person gets up early in the morning. The foolish person sleeps in till 10. You know, it's all stuff like that, okay? Stuff that your parents drone on about you when you're a teenager, okay? That's Proverbs. And then tucked away in the book of Proverbs are these 21 delicious verses. This is a story. I would put this story in the top 100 stories that every Christian should know. It's that good. Apparently, what's going on in this story is this is something Solomon saw from his upstairs window one day. And there's a part of me and part of a number of commentators that wonder if Solomon isn't just talking about himself in hyperbole and whatnot, uh, and that he's the young man in this story who learns something the hard way. I don't know. But the way he tells it and the way he sets it up, hey, I was minding my own business, and out of my window, I saw something. And that's where we pick it up, Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. I was looking out the window of my house one day and saw a simple-minded young man who lacked common sense. He saw a kid just north of puberty, and he made a value statement about just north of puberty. And if you're here today and you're 16, please don't take offense, okay? Solomon isn't talking about you personally. He's just talking about the fact that all youths lack judgment, don't they? There's something about being 16, 18, that there's a little bit of recklessness that's thrown into your life. In fact, today we know for a fact because of science that the frontal lobe of your brain, the part of your brain that does reasoning skills and that can see the connection between actions and consequences, it doesn't get fully developed until your mid-20s. I know some of you are like, well, that explains 
basically my life from 16 to 21. It's a miracle. I'm still sucking wind. <laughs> okay? Yes, there is a scientific reason for it. It's just not developed. It's not done cooking until your mid-20s. So again, it's nothing personal. Solomon's just saying young people, young people haven't lived life enough to know how life works. And so there, there he has it. Look at verses 8 and 9. This young man was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman. He was strolling down the path by her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Now, if you're over the age of 30, you know exactly where this is going now, don't you? Yeah. This young guy is headed toward a specific house. He knows the woman. He knows who she is, and he knows that her husband is gone. And he just happened to be headed that way. Right, right. In fact, if, if the guy was around today and he was, had an iPod, do you know what he would be playing in the iPod? Something like, you know, heading down the highway, looking for adventure. I don't know what the song would be. It'd be Black Eyed Peas today, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'll make it all night long. <laughs> okay, it's, that would be playing in the iPod. Well, I, it's, I don't know Black Eyed Peas. What I, okay. So the young, the young man's got one soundtrack playing. And he thinks it's going to be a night to remember. But if you go up to the upstairs window, Solomon's got another soundtrack playing altogether. It's something entirely different. It's more like, bum, 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 bum. He's seeing Jaws or Darth Vader. <laughs> dun, 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 you know, and the, the young man <laughs> having the life choked out of him as Darth Vader holds him up and he dies. Okay. What's that all about? Why is it that Solomon sees something completely different than the young man sees? The older, wiser king knows how life works. And he recognized, oh, that's a road. And I know exactly where that road goes. Okay? It's a step down a road to a predictable location. Isn't that funny how what's obvious to other people will often escape us? Well, let's pick it up. Uh, verses uh, 10, and five, 10 and 11. The woman approached him, dressed seductively and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type who never stays at home. She's often seen in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. Solomon knew that this woman, this woman was a viper. She didn't just have young men. She ate them for lunch, okay? All right? And then she, she says something, verses 13, 14, and 15. She threw her arms around him and kissed him. And with a brazen look, she said, I've offered my sacrifices and just finished my vows. It's you I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. If you have an NIV, it, it will say, I, I just finished my fellowship offerings. I just offered my fellowship offerings. And that might require a little explanation. You know, what's she talking about here when she says, uh, I've offered my sacrifices. What's the big deal there? What she's saying to this young man is, look, I'm not a hooker. I've got plenty of money. You know what I want? I want you tonight. You can't get any clearer than that. Okay? I'm right with God. I just made the sacrifice. Let's do this thing tonight. We'll ask forgiveness later. Verses 16, and then she continues. 
My bed is spread with colored sheets of the finest linen imported from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses. Now, if this young man were a young man of 2010, this is when the iPhone comes out and the quick text message goes off, right? You're not going to believe what is about to happen. This is amazing. Could I take your picture, please? Just, you know, just hold still. Send, okay? (laughs) All right? That's that's where that happens, right there. And uh, she she goes on. And verses 19... For my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him, and he won't return until later in the month. This, this young man is probably thinking, this can't get any better. I can hang around till breakfast. I can watch Sports Center in the morning. This is awesome, okay? And then, and then verses 22, Solomon puts, uh, or verse 21, uh, So she seduced him with her pretty speech, with her flattery, she enticed him. And then Solomon tells us what happened. He followed her at once, like a rock star. Oh, wait, wait. He followed her at once, like a celebrity. No, he followed her at once, like what? An ox led to the slaughter? What are you talking about, Solomon? This is a night to remember. No, and as if we missed it with the first dead animal analogy, he puts in two more. It's not just like an ox gone to the slaughter, like a stag caught in a trap. That's a deer that has been roped in and is struggling to get free, just waiting for the hunter to get close enough to pierce it with an arrow. What a lovely analogy. And then another one, like a bird caught in a trap, uh, like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing that it would cost him his life. Solomon is saying, this kid, this kid is a clueless bird caught in a trap. And this one choice, this one decision will cost him his future and it might even cost him his life. All right. Then verses 24 and 25, Solomon turns to you and me and he has something to say. And this is what he says. Listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your hearts stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path. And there's the word. This isn't just a night to remember. This isn't just an unconnected event to other events. This is a road. In fact, it's not just any kind of road. Look what else he has to say. For she has been the ruin of many. Numerous men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. And Solomon is basically saying to you and me, the reader, this woman's not just a little hiking path. She's a four-lane highway with HOV express lanes that lead to the grave. Danger! It's like Julie, way back on the road, flashing her lights. (laughs) Okay? This young man, the young man in this story, had a disconnect. He didn't see where his choices were. And actions would take him. And it happens all the time. You see it all the time, don't you? I see it all the time in other people. And here's how this plays out in life today. It's like, it's like the single woman who says, you know what? I want to marry a strong Christian man. We're going to have a strong Christian marriage. And so she dates everyone who comes her way. It's like the single guy who says, you know what? Someday I want to have great sex with my wife. 
And so he practices on every woman he dates. It's, it's like the married man who says, you know, I want my kids to respect me. But he openly flirts with every woman in the neighborhood. Or it's like the, single, uh, it's like the young Christian who says, you know what, I want to grow deep in my relationship with God. And so he gets up every morning an hour early to put in 45 minutes of Facebook before he goes off to work. It's like the high school freshman, the high school freshman who says, I, I want to get into an Ivy League school. And so he spends all four years goofing off and ignoring or neglecting his studies. And see, you and I looking in every single one of those situations would go, well, duh, what were you thinking? It's a road and the road goes where you ended up. It's not rocket science. It's how roads work. And yet when it comes to our lives, it's so easy to miss it, isn't it? It's so easy to miss it. I know, for some of you here today, there's a part of you that you're like, the, uh, my coworker, like, Monday, I'm going to send them a Facebook message and, like, go to our church's site. You've got to hear this message. This is so where they are. I know, and, you're th- and you've probably got people in mind. You're thinking of it. I get that. But could you wait? Could you push the pause button for a moment? And let's just talk about you and me for a minute, all right? Um, Let me ask some questions. Let me ask some questions. Question number one, are there disconnects in your life right now? Are there disconnects? Uh, Here's another way to phrase it. Are there discrepancies between what you desire in your heart and what you're doing with your life? And again, it's not always easy to see when it comes to us, when it comes to you and me. It's so, it's just obvious in other people, but it's hard to see in the mirror. And here's another question. Is there alignment, is there alignment in your life between what you intend and the direction that you're headed? Because remember, it's direction, not intention, that will determine where you end up. Um, Here's your homework assignment for this week. Right, this is what I want you to do, and, 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 I, and I'm serious about this. This, is, this. this could be so helpful. This week, I want you to stop and assess where you are. I want you to assess your finances. If you haven't looked at them in a few months, now's a good time. Just you know, start, get a fresh look. Some of the big relationships in your life with your spouse, with your friends, with the people in your family, stop and assess Am I going where I want to go? Is this, is this road that, I am, that I'm on, is this really going to take me where I think I want to end up or where God would want me to end up? Um, because again, the decisions and attitudes and behaviors that you and I do now are what's going to determine where we end up down the road. And here's the good news. This is an opportunity. See, you're not stuck. I'm not stuck. None of us are stuck. It's no, it's no accident that you're here today or that you're listening to this. Um, And here's why. God's given you an opportunity. God's given you an opportunity to stop and assess where you are and to go, you know what, I think up the road there may be a sharp right turn and I don't want to end up in a cornfield. Or, you know what, I think this road that I'm on right now with my finances, I'm pretty sure this is going to end up with lots of angry conversations with my spouse. We're just going to make some drastic things right now. Okay? Whatever it is, stop and assess. Um, because you're not stuck on the road that you're on, because today is not too late to make a course correction and to turn around and get on a different road. This is a God-given opportunity. Do you know what I want for you and what I want for me? 
I want you to end up where you want to end up in life. I mean, think about it. You got hopes and dreams. I have hopes and dreams. I want the same thing for you that I want for myself. I want you to end up where you hope to end up someday. And even better yet, I want you to end up where God wants you to be. Because I'm convinced his ways and ending up where he wants, that's the greatest potential for blessing. That's the greatest potential for satisfaction down the road. Um, so again, today, uh, in, in case there's mistaking it, it's in, here's the bottom line in a nutshell. Um, what's obvious to spot in other people is also easy to miss when it comes to our lives and our decisions. And a wise person would take the time this week, take the time and assess, am I on the road that's going to take me where I want to go? Am I on the road that's going to take me where God wants me to be? And if so, maybe there's some course corrections that need to take place. Can I pray for you and pray for me?